Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of Sisters Podcast, the place where you can learn and gain insights about the cryptocurrency industry. I'm your host, Eric, and today, as Bitcoin is now officially legal tender in El Salvador and the price dip, we are going to compare Bitcoin to other traditional payment methods, and you're going to see that Bitcoin is a much more disruptive technology than you ever believed. It's a new form of money that never existed before, and I'm going to explain why. I hope you're excited, but before we start, make sure to subscribe to the channel for more content, follow us on Twitter, and like this video. Now, without further ado, let's get started. Alright, so the subject of today is going to be Bitcoin, of course, as always, but we're going to talk about Bitcoin in a slightly different way. I'm going to talk about Bitcoin as a new content type. Well, and of course, what do I mean by that? Well, you know by now that a Bitcoin transaction is a signed data structure that can be executed anywhere in the world. And even though a lot of people think that a Bitcoin transaction has to be transmitted somehow to the Bitcoin network, that is not the case. A Bitcoin transaction has to reach the miners and be included into a block but it doesn't need to be transmitted over the Bitcoin network. There's nothing special about the Bitcoin network. It's just forwards, transactions, and blocks. And a transaction can be transmitted over any forms of communication medium. The security in Bitcoin is not in the transaction. It is in the proof-of-work system that is provided by the miners and the digital signatures on the transaction that is put there by the end users with the keys that they hold. So what I mean by that is that there is nothing sensitive or secret in a Bitcoin transaction. So let's compare that to the actual traditional banking system. And the least I can say is that the credit cards are insecure by design. Let me explain. If I go buy something right now, using my credit card, if I go to a merchant today, I'm going to transmit to the merchant through a long series of intermediaries the credit card number, the expiry date, and the CCV2 code on the back of the card. Each time I'm making a payment, I'm transmitting the key that allows for the payment to be executed. I'm actually transmitting the access code to my account each time I'm purchasing something somewhere. That is kind of nuts. And that information is very sensitive. I mean, you shouldn't, like, of course you know that you shouldn't give your credit card number to somebody, yet this is what you do every time you swipe it. And of course, the information of your credit card are encrypted. From the moment the credit card comes out of your pocket until the merchant receives the money, the, trans the, the, the information of your credit card is encrypted from the point of sale to the merchant's to the merchant's backend, to Visa, to MasterCard, and to all the intermediaries in it. And if at any point somebody fails to provide security and fails to encrypt the data, my credit card is now, is, is now compromised. Somebody can use it. And there's something even worse than that, is that the credit card is also stored many times. It is stored for historical purposes, which is a terrible idea because that creates a centralized honeypot, a target for hackers to target because 
this information has value. And of course, this is what we saw with the ledger hack, because they had information about people interested in the crypto industry and they stored this information. They didn't destroy it. So hackers, of course, want this information to get money out of it. And it's not just Ledger, it's everybody, everybody. We've seen this happen again and again and again and again. And it's going to happen again and again because there is no way to secure information. If the things you're trying to hide is valuable, people are going to target it. And at some point, you're going to make a mistake and you're going to fail to protect the data. You know, security experts says that there are two types of companies. There are companies that have been hacked and the companies that will be hacked. For the simple reason that nobody is immune to this. I mean, no one can invent a way to protect millions of users, millions of data that is valuable for hackers. You cannot protect this information. So every time you store that information somewhere, this becomes a honeypot and a target for hackers. And that's why Bitcoin as a distributed ledger is very hard to attack because there is no single port of failure. There is no somewhere the data is stored. It is stored everywhere. And that's one of the reasons that Bitcoin is much more powerful as a payment method than regular banking. For the simple reason that every time you make a transaction with a credit card, you transmit the keys that allows funds to be withdrawn from your account. So as you can see, Bitcoin is fundamentally different from what exists now. And what I'm transmitting is not the key, but simply a signed message. It's an authorization. And that authorization has two external references. One is to where the money is coming from by referencing an UTXO, an unspent transaction output on the blockchain, and two, a reference to where I want to send the money. And by creating this transaction, this signed transaction, that transaction contains no sensitive data. If you steal that information from, if you steal the information in the transaction, all you know is which address the money is coming from and which address is going to go. That's it. Like you can't do much with a Bitcoin uh, transaction data. The data itself has no value because a Bitcoin transaction, for example, you can transmit it through a completely insecure Wi-Fi at your local Starbucks or by light or by paper or by emojis. You can pretty much encrypt a Bitcoin transaction and nobody can steal your funds. On the other hand, when you use a credit card, you're giving away the private key of your account. You see the difference? All you have to do for a transaction to pass is simply for the transaction to reach one node because once it is propagated to the network you can almost be certain that the transaction if it has sufficient fees will be included in the next block or something and there is nothing that anybody can do about because a bitcoin transaction stopping a bitcoin transaction is impossible there's nothing magical in a bitcoin transaction like i said previously let's think about this for a second how can you encode a 250 bytes and transmit them across the network, across any network, because a Bitcoin transaction is 250 bytes, and that could be encoded into 
mm, something that doesn't look like a Bitcoin transaction. You could encode a Bitcoin transaction into an image. You could encode a, bin a Bitcoin transaction uh, into a list of words, into a list of emojis. Good luck stopping that. How can government stop that? Like, like you need to, to cut out the whole internet to stop this. You can send a Bitcoin transaction through Skype, through Facebook Messenger, through a Craigslist, uh, through a TripAdvisor, uh, through Wikipedia article, through a JPEG, anything. If you have a way to transmit data, you can send a Bitcoin transaction and no one can do nothing about it. That's the beautiful part about Bitcoin, is that it is more secure, it is open, it is global, it is decentralized, and it is such a super resistant. And when you compare that to credit cards and the banking system, it pales in comparison. Even tyrannical governments cannot stop their population from using Bitcoin and from transmitting Bitcoin. Because you can transmit Bitcoin through radio wave, through satellite, through any medium of communication. And good luck stopping that. It's simply impossible. So what that means for the world? That means that for the first time, we have separated the medium and the message. Because think about it, in the traditional banking system, you have payment rails for small payments, you have payment rails for business to business payments, you have payments rails for large payments, and they are disconnected, right? You cannot wire transfer a, a, a penny, right? You cannot pay a yacht by cash, or it's gonna be like really hard to, to pay it. You cannot pay your house with your credit card. You see what I mean? So we have all these different networks that are interconnected in the old traditional banking system that are now replaced by one network that is more secure and that can take into account small transactions and very large transactions. It's a new type of money. And we have now separated the message from the medium. Money is now a content type. And whether you like it or not, TikTok next block, as they say in the crypto industry. Thank you, guys. That's it for this episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Make sure to like that video for more content. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.